You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. On Sunday, we moved into chapter 6 of Romans as Pastor Josh walked us through verses 1 through 14. In this episode, our discussion centers around what it means to be dead to sin and alive to Christ. What real implications does this have on our daily lives? You're going to hear some practical helps that will encourage you today. Thanks for joining us. This is After the Message. All right. Hey, guys. Welcome to the podcast this week. Hey, Mike. Merry Christmas. Yes. Merry Christmas. It is Christmas Christmas. week. That's right. It's hard to believe. It's good for you to know. <laughs> wow, I need to go shopping. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's, uh, no, I'm keenly aware that it's Christmas week. Um, it's uh, all the things are happening. So, um, yeah, how are you guys? We're good. Good. Man. We're sitting here staring at a plate of cookies. Uh, that have I, not eaten one yet. Uh, uh, yeah, and I, I just, I think it's worth noting, you know, you a major part of your sermon yesterday, illustration was... You know, talking uh, about the temptation toward Oreo cookies. That's and correct. Yes. While these aren't Oreos, it is uh, interesting yep. that you brought in a plate full of cookies. You know, what's today. curious is I brought them in and none of them were eaten yet. Uh, and so I did I did partake in one when they they sat mm. down. But sometimes, you know, sometimes we delineate sin so much that we'll say, well, it was Oreos uh, was the yeah. struggle. Those well, aren't very specific. So therefore, it's it very fine. Yeah. There's a technicality. Because this one isn't adults. your 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 temptation. That's not. That so right. I could eat one he, and not right. all he, 14. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Well, that's... <laughs> you know what you're so we're okay, so I'm More at, on that later. So, yeah, I'm looking at that plate of cookies. For me, not a thing right now. If it's 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night, mm-hmm. it feels like a whole different temptation, which may be really good later on. Mm. But, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's probably also worth noting that we record this in the morning time. So mm-hmm. um, that, that cookie that I just ate was part of my breakfast, so. mm-hmm. <laughs> which probably isn't all that great. It's got some macronutrients. In it. it tasted good. Yeah. I'm saving it. Pre-lunch. Yeah, there you go. Appetizer. Good idea. They're beautiful. They are. They're well decorated. I did not make them. So My wife made them. They're pretty. And tasty. Um, well, hey, so a couple of things before we jump in uh, to discussion, because uh, we're, uh, we were uh, in uh, Romans chapter 6 this week, but uh, uh, we just a little bit of housekeeping we want to talk about because it's Christmas week. Um, uh, we want to keep in front of everyone that uh, we do have Christmas Eve services, and everyone is invited. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have them at 4 o'clock and 6 o'clock on uh, Saturday, which is Christmas Eve. And uh, so come be a part of that. 4 o'clock is always really highly attended. Like, there's that's mm-hmm. a large service. Six Get here o'clock, early. 6 mm-hmm. o'clock is a little less, so if you, you want to avoid crowds, you might want to consider coming yes. to 6 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you want to create some space for guests. Come to the six o'clock. See, Neil. Look at there. Wow. Neil's a servant leader. What a positive spin on that. What a Pollyanna. Are we serving Oreos at the six o'clock or something? Um, <laughs> That's your yes, gift. Yes, yes, we will be. Yeah. See, Neil. Find Neil. Um, if you can find you me. Some, yeah. Some Oreos. I'll be in a closet eating Oreos somewhere. It is, uh, but it, it, both services are identical, so you can come to either one and. Uh, and uh, you're going to get the same experience, just with a few Except less people at six mm-hmm. o'clock. Um, also, uh, we are having Christmas Day, falls on a Sunday this year, so uh, we are having a Christmas Day service as well at 9.30 Sunday. 
And uh, so be a part of that. No child care. None. And, uh, and it's just going to be kind of a relaxed service. And so just... Josh said you can come in your pajamas. That's what he said. Yes, Although, you can. And you can <laughs> run around. And we all agree this you was can. the time if you're under Mark, certain Mark Evans proposed this time for the worship service, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I know what he says. He's not here. Yeah, so that doesn't protest too much. Yeah, and yeah. he really loved the idea of it, yeah, too. Yeah. Right. So. yeah, let's clarify. Just, you know, Preston brought up a great point. We talked about, you know, pajamas and running around. I, you know, we didn't say it was age-specific, <laughs> but, but maybe <clears> – <throat> Maybe there should Maybe. be uh, an age. Maybe. Specific. I, I don't know. We want no adults you want to, wearing no, – everybody should wear regular clothes at a certain age. Yeah. No yeah. pajamas if you're not preschool well, that, or child. Well, that's After not even the 40s. issue for me. It's the whole running around. <laughs> you know, we might jump be Pentecostal real quick and, you know, who knows what, what it's going to do. It's, it's going to be great. We're not going to have another uh, for 11 years. 2033 is the next go. time yeah. Christmas falls on a Sunday. So. But it's going to be fun. Point it, being, if you have young children, bring them in there. <laughs> Don't sweat it. It's going to be great. Yeah. They make a little noise. It's all good. It's going to be just fine. And uh, and we're going to, it's going to be really relaxed, really casual. Mike has interpretive movement planned. It's mm-hmm. going to be a great service. I do. And you're going to be really impressed with it. Ribbon dancing. <laughs> so, that's what I heard. Yeah. I just had a flashback to a few years ago when we had, we were doing uh, foster care with uh, some children. And it was the quiet part of the Christmas Eve service where Ooh. all the candles, just really reverent, mm-hmm. sweet moment. And one of our guys uh, looked at me and said, Mr. Neal, you said this was going to be fun. This is boring. <laughs> <laughs> and like, he just kind of, uh, moment, like for the 20 people around us, it was great. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. good. Because he good. was wanting the pajamas and the running around. Right? <laughs> yes. yeah. He's like, where's that? Hang on, that's the next uh, day. Yeah, yeah. Hey, another thing that's worth noting is that uh, because of the holiday schedule uh, for the next two weeks, we will not have podcast recorded for mm. the next two weeks. So, um, so this is the last podcast until the new year. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so the second week of January will be uh, when the podcast returns. So if you're listening today. Yeah. For, so for the two uh, other people who listen to this podcast. <laughs> right. It's a good that's time right. to go back and listen to one you missed. That's right. That's we are right. thankful for all of our listeners. All. Yeah. We thought Both about that. putting together a blooper reel to, uh, to air uh, oh, boy. You know, oh, during oh, the holidays. Oh, but, uh, oh. um, Corey holds the power of they could have been life and death uh, in his hands. There you go. Uh, anyway. So as we uh, as we begin to talk about the uh, the message, uh, we again started chapter six of Romans. So we're we're still uh, moving through the book of Romans, and uh, so Josh, um, tell us about your experience as you prepped for this yeah. and walked in on Sunday. So this was great. Um, two weeks ago, you know, we had Harvey preach, and Harvey did a great job, and. Um, I found myself, as Harvey was preaching, getting more excited because he did such a good job ending chapter five, setting up what chapter six is, because it's this idea of, of grace, this idea of God's unmerited favor towards us and, and, and all that that brings of joy and hope and, and, and happiness. But then there's a thought that begins to play in the back of your mind. Okay, if everything is grace— if, if God is gracious and loving and kind and, and sees your sin and loves you anyway and calls you to, to reconciliation, like there's a part of you that can begin to think, if that's true, then I can just kind of do whatever I want to mm-hmm. do and God's still going to love me. I can live how I want to live, love what I want to love, be a part of the things I want to be a part of, and God is almost obligated mm. to keep his promises. Well, that's where we get into chapter six, and that, that's, that's exciting mm. for me, not because it's like, no, I'm going to get you now, but it, it's, it's good, practical 
livable truth. Yeah. Uh, and, and hopefully as we hear it, you're going to hear it more because all of chapter 6 is essentially the same thing. We have the first half, verses 1 through 14, and the remaining part of 6, they're going to say the same thing just a different way. And, and Paul's point is, man, I, I want you to know God is gracious, good, loving, and kind, but we have a responsibility for how we, we live out that grace in our life. Uh, and so for me, it's exciting to, to bring that to people who may not have read the Bible uh, as much as, as they would. So we hear it all the time. Man, I don't read the Bible as much as I should. I don't know it as well as I should. Okay, that, that's great. But what does it mean to live out your faith and where the scripture's calling us to do that? So yeah. I'm thankful that we get to, to walk through these very practical chapters of Romans. Yeah. So that brings up a great uh, sort of first question to dive into. I think Neil, Neil brought this up earlier. Um, so because you talked about how this, this chapter begins by, by, you know, asking the question, well, you know, if uh, should we be continuing to sin yeah. uh, because of, of grace? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and so in that very first verse, it says, uh, are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? And Neil, you raised the question, uh, what's the difference? Is there a difference between continuing in sin and continuing to sin? Mm-hmm. Is that- yeah, yeah. So it's, I remember uh, the idea of thinking in terms of like a direction or on a road, like as a, as a not saved person, right? As a person who has not repented and believed in Jesus, my direction by default is towards death, right? And then when the Holy Spirit um, reveals to me I'm a sinner and my in a posture of faith, I repent and believe in Jesus, my direction changes. And then my direction is towards life or in life rather than in death. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question was initially is have that if that verse had been written with continuing to sin or continuing in sin, is that is that different in any way? I think it's hugely different in the sense of um, if if you would say if you take it in the absolute of of to sin, for example, that that now Christ has come into your life, you have grace extended to you, you're now justified before the Father. Therefore, you should never sin again. I mean that that's a weight that I think is crushing um, because I think it is impossible according to the scriptures, according to even the apostle Paul later in his writing of no you're still going to 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 be a part of like sin is going to be a part of your story, but it's what what do you do with it right mm-hmm. so uh, as he writes and as as Romans six particularly unfolds it's this idea of continuing in or practicing sin because he's going to contrast and even in this this chapter here contrasting practicing righteousness as opposed to practicing sin mm. uh, and that idea of practicing is not only am I in this but I'm going to live in this and I'm going to make it the best thing possible and I'm like it's this idea the of you're in a sport sin. yeah it's yeah. right and, mm. and and it's and it's something that becomes your identity uh, mm-hmm. and I think that's another thing he's getting to as well as chapter 7 gets here 8 and 9 our identity isn't a sinner uh, and that that's a big deal. I, I know James Rigney listens to this podcast sometimes, and we we talk about that a lot. And you know, talking about being broken and talk about uh, being 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 sinful. Uh, and he is always very quick and rightly to point out, my identity in Christ isn't a sinner. My identity in Christ is redeemed. Mm-hmm. I'm a sa- that's who I mm-hmm. am to the Father. And and James, I, I'm so thankful for your your continual um, pushing towards that end because that's very right. Uh, and and so many times we can get caught. Well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, right? But you are a child of God because of what Christ has done on your behalf. Mm-hmm. That's not your identity anymore. Mm-hmm. And and we get into the semantics of this. And I'm looking at two psychologists right here uh, as I'm looking at Preston and Neil. Um, and I know there's a lot to the behavioral side of humanity, mm. what we believe we become. 
Yeah. And when we believe that we are sinners still, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to sin because yeah. that's what we believe. We, we don't believe we're any we're not good enough to do anything else. Mm-hmm. But when we understand who we are in Christ, our identity, that's why he says, and even in this, this section, you must resolve it. Like, like you must settle this in your heart that this is who you are. Yeah. Therefore, it'll change how you act. Mm. Yeah, this consider yourself uh, dead to sin. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, that was, we had some good discussion in our life group yesterday about that, of, of what does it mean to... Um, literally think of yourself as I am dead to sin because as we all know sitting in this room and our listeners and everybody else, uh, being dead to sin positionally is one thing, but fighting against temptation mm-hmm. every day is real. And mm-hmm. so obviously it can't mean I'm dead to sin and therefore I will never dare. sin again That's right. Um, because we all know the struggle, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to somebody who is – caught in between those two worlds. I know I'm dead to sin, yet I have a an addiction, you know, if you yeah. want to even go that strong to say that it is something that I feel controls me or compels me, what yeah, do I do with that? Yeah. Well, one of the things that we know, especially like you mentioned addiction, uh, is that addiction actually changes the brain. Mm. And there are other behaviors. We, we tend to think of chemical dependency addiction, but there are other uh, addictions, pornography. Actually, if you do brain imagery on people who struggle with pornography, you see very similar brain imagery as you do with people who struggle wow. with cocaine addiction. Wow! And so structurally, the brain actually changes in the process of a behavior that we repeat over and over and over and over again. So it's not always as easy as we, we tend to make it as, mm. well, you just need to stop. Yeah. You know it's wrong, so just stop. Well, physically, your brain actually has now set itself up to go in a certain path. I grew up in the country. Nobody else here grew up in the country, right? Oh, man, I'm mm. poor River County country, man. Come on. Uh, and so we had cow. We we had a few, but a lot of people around us had them. And if you've ever been around a field where there's a lot of cows, right, they tend to get into these patterns, mm-hmm. and they will wear a trail down into the grass and then into the mud, and then they get stuck to those patterns. That's how they go every time. And our brains are kind of like that. When we do something over and over, it creates these neural pathways that then make our behavior want to stay in that same course. So it points out our dependence, our need. We've talked about grace. Not We don't just need the grace to save us in the beginning. We need God's grace every day to, to give us the us. power yeah. to fight against things that, that sometimes by the point of salvation or even after salvation have become very um, – they're just ruts in our behavior. So that's really interesting to me and – as, as Paul talks about it, he talks about practicing righteousness. Mm-hmm. If, if your brain can, can be rewired, you know, yeah. and we use a lot of the negative pathways, can it be rewired when we practice good? Absolutely. Huh. Yeah. And when I think of it, for me, I go to Romans 12, it's the renewing of the mind, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's those things. For me, I also then will go and grab like a passage like the Philippians 2 of um, the idea of working out your salvation with fear and trembling. Mm. You know, Paul kind of sets up this idea of being lights in the world that we, as you have been obeying, continue. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, what he puts in there is this idea of you will continue to struggle with certain things, mm-hmm. but the more you respond to the Holy Spirit and practice righteousness, the more likely you are to build, if I then tag that with Romans 12, new neural pathways, mm-hmm. right? Of, of brain function, mm-hmm. brain chemistry right. at the soul level. There's some great reading right now from a guy named Kurt Thompson who is, I think, a psychiatrist, but mm-hmm. on 
Romans 12, I think, a couple of books, The Anatomy of the Soul, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, the, the Soul of Desire, those kind of things that are really helpful reads on this idea mm-hmm. of at the functional brain, neuroanatomical level, what's actually going on. Uh, as we do that, I think Preston's mm-hmm. right on that. But to me, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, we just went to Nerdville. Sorry, I love <laughs> every second of it. He this was not he in the pre-show the notes. <laughs> no, I think it, that's really interesting to me because you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've heard that sort of idea. You know, as you you do things, I mean, it builds these mm-hmm. builds these neural pathways and things. But um, I guess I hadn't really thought about the the, the possibility that you can overwrite those. Mm-hmm. You know, with with new um, and and the tie to Romans twelve that you know being transformed by the renewing of your minds. Um, that's that's a really interesting yeah. connection think, there. I think the so. key word there is practice. I think if yeah. we, it is very helpful to engage that posture of practicing mm-hmm. righteousness yeah. um, over, um, uh, is over it Eugene time. Peterson, discipleship is the long obedience in the same direction, I think. That Sounds is right. a quote. I'm not sure and if it's Eugene him, but Peterson it is, a is a person. So. Yeah, yeah. He, he would he would say something like that. <laughs> Maybe it's somebody different, but it is that it's that that long, yeah. steady, yeah, um, developing new paths, new mm, practices. Yeah. And I think part mm. of the tension in all of this is, um, you know, we are people of of truth, and so you you hold all the truth up there, and there is truth that we have been freed from the power of sin. We're not enslaved to it. Yeah. Mm. When we sin. It's not because we have to sin. Uh, it is generally because we we make choices in that. Yes. Right. Um, but there's also a truth that there is there is an enemy who desires to draw us down that road. Right. And I think sometimes we forget that part of it, mm-hmm. and we think it's just you know if I can just be stronger, if I mm-hmm. can just try harder, if I can just do better. Uh, and we we lose sight of the war that we're in, mm-hmm. where there's actually an, an entity that's actively involved in our life of trying to get us to go down a, yeah. a path that in our flesh we want to go down anyway, right? It's yeah, and then we act surprised, like that we we're surprised by the yeah. the tactics of the enemy that we live in a broken world, broken flesh, um, and spiritual warfare, and then we're like, oh, I can't oh, believe this happened yet yep. again. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing from Genesis three over and over again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, which is why you, you see Paul in Ephesians saying you got to put on your armor. Right. You know, it's you don't lose sight of that. So yeah. Paul wasn't just a Pharisee; he was a psychologist, psychiatrist, <laughs> your friendly neighborhood counselor. Like he, he he did it all. He covered it all. And, and truthfully, that's why a lot of people love Pauline writings, like Paul's letters, because they they are for the heady people. They, there's this theology and this idea of going deep into what the heart of God and who God is. But then there's also incredibly practical things of. Yeah. And practice this, and it's going to change mm-hmm. this. So you can leave here today without, if you didn't want to, think on the deep things of God. You should want to think on the deep things of God. But you could literally walk away from a Pauline writing saying, I'm going to put this into practice right now, right. Mm-hmm. and it's going to change the course of my day right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's why people love yeah. the way he but writes. I, to, to be fair, we go back to the Philippian stuff. Paul acknowledges that process includes fear. Yes. And trembling. Yeah. That's exactly right. So practicing doesn't mean to be like changing your day, like ha ha, got it done. Like it's it's, but it does change direct direction. Absolutely. But that direction may include fear. Yeah. And trembling as we mm-hmm. practice new things. Yes. God is big, glorious, but also that sin that keeps getting you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, there's a there's a part of Paul's that stop yeah. doing that thing. Oh, <laughs> my my head just went to Bob Newhart. I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so I think it's I think it's really interesting to you know just the the whole 
idea going back to uh, right understanding, you know, that, that, that Paul tells us, I mean, we have, we have been made right. I mean, we are, we have been made righteous. Right. And so, um, because I, I, I think that affects, it, it affects how you interpret scripture in other places, mm-hmm. how you, uh, how you flesh things out in your daily life. Um, I mean, this is, this is a really, uh, maybe simple or not silly, but, but maybe a simple example. Uh, just, I, I'm thinking back, uh, to uh, an early, early time in my ministry when I had somebody, somebody trying to uh, sort of uh, press an agenda that we, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be expressive in worship, you know, like, and, and they quoted uh, a, a passage from first Timothy uh, two mm. eight, where, where it says, uh, you know, I want, I want the men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands. And, uh, and, and their rationale was, well, my hands aren't holy. And mm. so I can't lift my <laughs> yeah. hands. I'm like, well, that's kind of directly opposed to what Paul says in right. Romans here, right? Yeah, you know, right. so, um, so I think you know, just as simple as those things. I mean, it's yeah, like that's a weird um, use of scripture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, but you know, man, we do that though. Yeah. I mean, you that's know, right. we do mm-hmm. that. We, so we, have you and Neil resolved that yet? I mean, like, <laughs> the, Neil was the one who brought yeah, that up. Neil, yeah. we'll, we'll 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 talk about it later. But <laughs> thank you. Uh, uh, so, um, all right, so so I think. Uh, I want to go to uh, Preston because you 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 raised a, th- uh, uh, a question that I think is it's along the lines of what we've been talking about, and maybe maybe we've already sort of covered it. But um, you 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 referenced in what ways have we been freed from sin? I think mm-hmm. maybe you you guys even talked about it in mm-hmm. your your life group yesterday. Um, yeah, you know, our, the power of sin, the penalty of sin. Right. Like, what does that mean? And I think we accept the freedom from the penalty of sin fairly easily. Right. Right. Um, we are we are now no longer uh, going to spend eternity in hell. We're going to spend eternity in heaven because the penalty has been paid for. Um, I think when it gets down to the the power of sin, then it changes a little bit because yeah. it doesn't feel. If we go by feelings, it doesn't feel like we have been freed from the power of sin because so often when temptation comes, we find ourselves giving into it, and it's like, oh, I didn't I didn't feel like I had a choice there. But according to the scripture, mm-hmm. we do yeah. because we're not enslaved to it. It doesn't have dominion over us. Um, but the feeling in the moment doesn't doesn't always line up with that. Yeah. So we have been uh, we've been made dead to sin. Um, so how does that flesh out practically? Can we talk about that? Like, what does what does that mean? Like, how do we? Yeah. So actually uh, live that out as as Paul writes, um, he uses. Typically, in all of his letters, there's a, an illustration of, of a body, uh, a healthy body or a sick body or a dead body, uh, and, and they all have different functions. Healthy bodies can do healthy things. Sick bodies do limited things. Dead bodies do nothing, right? Uh, and this idea that, that our members, and that, that's kind of where he's talking about here, don't present your, mem- don't, don't present your body, don't mm-hmm. present the, the things that God has trusted to you for sinful use. And he said, you have to resolve it in your mind that your body is dead to it. And, and the imagery is a dead body does nothing. Mm. It can't do anything. Mm. No matter the temptation that is around it, no matter if temptation sits on top of it, no matter if temptation is, is enticing, a dead body can do nothing. Uh, and, and I believe in some of the strongest languages they would understand seeing a dead body, that is a very stark contrast mm. to, to one that is alive. And for them, they're thinking, oh, no, well, I have to do this. And Paul says, no, you have to remember this. In Christ, you are now dead to sin. Like, like it has no control over you. It can't cause you to do anything because you are dead. Not sick to it. 
You're not maimed by it. You are dead to it. At least that's what we should resolve in our in our mind to be. I think, as I understand it, it is a really stark and sobering contrast that Paul is trying to draw for the people uh, in first century Rome, but also for us as well, that we are, by God's grace, dead to it. Now, if that's true, how is how, how do we live according to that truth mm. about us? Um, and, and for us, I think there is some mindfulness, um, and this, this goes down a whole other rabbit hole. I think part of the Christian life that I know I get off so often on is not being mindful of my walk every day. Um, and I think sometimes we can blame personalities uh, of, well, some people are more mindful than others. Some people are more just, you know, ready, fire, aim uh, kind of people and that I would probably be in that category. But as we read New Testament literature, even in Old Testament literature, it is to be thoughtful and mindful of God at all times. To, to pray without ceasing is a thoughtfulness. And I think for me, many times when I get caught up in sin, it's because I'm running 100 miles an hour and I look up and I'm like, oh my gosh, mm. what am I doing? How did I get here? I can't. When the Lord calls us to be mindful every step of the way, you're dead. This has no control over you. This has no power over you. Do you believe that? If that's true... And how how is that how is that living? I know you say you have this desire inside your heart and mind, but what I'm telling you is you're dead to it. You do not have to say yes to that temptation. Mm-hmm. You do not have to say yes to that that what you believe is is calling from deep inside your soul because that thing is dead. If it is if it's different than the Word of God calls you to live, mm-hmm. that that's would be my take as I read dead to sin. Any others? Well, no, I I think. Going back to the just the idea of choices, um, when temptation comes, and it will come for, for mm-hmm. all of us, hiding that truth deep in our heart that, that we can come back to every time the temptation comes and says, I, I know I'm being tempted right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's of the enemy or that's of my flesh or that's a combination of all of that, but I do not have to give in to it. Mm-hmm. I, I it's a struggle. It's uh, it may be a strong struggle, but the reality, the truth of it is, I do not have to give in to mm-hmm. it right now. There's nothing that's mm. forcing me to have to do this right now. So I'm either going to choose to, or I'm going to choose not to. Now God's going to love me either way, right? But I can't go into it with a mindset. Well, if He's going to love me anyway, then I can do just do I whatever do. I want, which is right. His whole point, right? That's right. And we have the mind of Christ going back to that, that Philippians passage, uh, and then we, we go back to Christ himself. He was tempted mm-hmm. uh, yeah. in very much the same ways that we're, we're yeah. talking about here, this idea of sin. Now, we know that he had no sin in him. He never sinned one time. Mm-hmm. But I think the clearest picture we ever have of temptation is when Satan meets him on the top of the mountain, brings him up, and shows him all the kingdoms of the world, right. talks about the food because he's hungry. Mm-hmm. And each time, Satan gives a twisted truth. Mm-hmm. Which we know is a lie. Any any twisted truth is a lie. But there there are grains of truth running through this thing. Mm-hmm. But how does Jesus answer every single time? It's through Scripture, mm-hmm. because Scripture is what keeps us on the right path. Right. If Christ had to use Scripture, if, if had to, if Christ used mm-hmm. Scripture, what makes us think that we should fight any other way? And now this is really, I think, vitally important for the Christian, guys. If we don't know truth is according to the scripture, then we will begin to believe truth is in our mind and heart. And we'll say, well, I just think that's right. Mm-hmm. Or I believe this is right. And we will get ourselves in really bad mm-hmm. trouble when we say, well, no, I just, I believe this is right. Uh, I, I, heard, I hear it 
a lot. It, it sounds something like this. Well, the God that I serve would want me to, or the God that I serve wants, mm-hmm. wants that. Mm, how do you know that? Mm. Like if the scriptures aren't telling you, if you don't have chapter and verse, right. how do you know mm. that the God you serve desires that? And that's not just your desire trying to feel better about how you're living. Mm. Yeah. I think in terms of, uh, I think it's Ephesians, four, I pulled it up just now, Ephesians 4, um, 22 through 24, let me start in verse 20, but that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God and the true righteousness and holiness. Mm-hmm. Again, it's the, I can, I have a choice. The Holy Spirit is pulling me along to become more like Jesus. And so I think Paul says in his letter to the Corinthians, you're not going to be tested in any way that's not already been tested by mm, other people right. the same way. But we have the choice. Like I can either go back to old self yeah. and what I know, or I have to step in faith and practice something new mm-hmm. that may feel counterintuitive because it's not who I am yet, or it is actually who I am yet. I don't have the behavior to match that soul change. So it pulls me along pathways, the neural pathway. Mm-hmm. Um, there you go. But it, you were listening, but it, it, I have a, a decision to make. I can either go old self that's right, and what is known to me and comfortable and safe feeling, uh-huh. or I can choose something that feels risky, vulnerable, um, unknown to me, mm-hmm. even though my spiritual DNA has already changed that direction, my practices and behavior haven't matched up yet to it. Yeah. And yeah. so it pulls me into growth that way. Mm. So that's awesome. How about as I'm, as I'm listening through this and I'm, I'm thinking of maybe folks who have a question in their heart, how often is that normal to happen? For me, it's constant. Ah, yeah. So it's not like a, uh, I said a prayer when I was eight, and no, that no, was no. resolved. <laughs> no, okay, I'll give you a good example for me, and it's it's it's. I mean, it's not that big of an example, but it's an interesting one. So for me, we got married in 1997, uh, July 26, 1997. We were 22 years old, right? Um, on that wedding day, I was now married, but I did not yet know how to be a married man. Mm. That took time, and I became aware of it. Like even within the first few weeks or months, like mm-hmm. it required a change in how I viewed women, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I became aware of it as it was going on, and I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. okay, this is not just. It wasn't a switch that got flipped. Right. That all of a sudden now I know how to be a godly husband. Yeah, I'm moving from being a godly man, uh, learning to be a godly man who is dating and engaged, but it required a whole new thing that then we practice. Mm. We been practicing that, you know. Yeah over 25 years now, it, to me, it's that something following Christ. And over and over again, I'm still learning mm. in different, in new situations I've never experienced before in, in with my own sinful habits and my, my brokenness, the mm-hmm. world around me, yeah. the Holy Spirit's revealing new things that about my depravity still mm-hmm. or my old self that need to be let go of and grasping new stuff. That's it's constant. Yeah. yeah. So you're saying it would be normal to, to feel attention because sometimes I'll hear people say, man, I'm just so so tired of feeling drawn this way and that way. I feel like if God wanted me to have something different, then he would just take this feeling away or, or yeah, give a not, new desire this that's way. Not been my, that's not been my experience. My, mine either, but I think it's, <laughs> it's good for, for people to hear, even from, from yeah. us who, who we you know, paid clergy. This is a struggle. This yeah, is yeah. real life. This sure. is what the scripture I, calls us to. I mean, I do think there are some things that 
at salvation, some people would say these things, these struggles were taken away from them at point of salvation. And I think that's a, that can be a story. Must it be does nice. But yeah. that has not been true for all <laughs> the other things. Yeah, that's right. God right? can do that, but he doesn't always do that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even as Jennifer and I were talking as recently last night, like the things that she would struggle with are not the things that I struggle with. And so if we're single, our friendships, we can use those as sanctifying things in marriage. I think in marriage, our, our partners are there to help sanctify us and become more like Jesus mm-hmm. for his glory. Um, rather than for our pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so each person's, those pressure points and things we struggle with are quite different mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. it evokes different fears and different trembling. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Very helpful. Well, Thank and you. I think, uh, you know, some of that points back to the fact that um, we are in a relationship with Christ, right? We, we sometimes try to boil it down. It's That's a religion, good. it's activities, it's a to-do list or whatever, but it's really a relationship and relationships grow over time, and you think, even of the disciples, they were able to be in a in a physical relationship with Jesus, walking, talking, spending their days with Him, and yet it wasn't that He called them day one, and then miraculously every struggle went away as right. they now carried out His plan. They were they were growing as they spent time with Him each and every day, and they would fail and fall and he would catch them and have conversations with them and point them back in the right direction mm-hmm. and so if if that was their journey and they were walking physically with him then i think we should expect that that would be part yeah, of our journey too. absolutely i yeah. mean the times he says to them you don't know what you're asking mm-hmm. or to peter get behind me <laughs> right <laughs> i mean yeah he's constantly redirecting mm-hmm. and inviting them back into intimacy with him mm-hmm. i think uh you know i you made a good point earlier, Preston, that, you know, so we have a, we have an enemy that actively is working mm-hmm. against it. Like, this isn't just something that's, that's yeah. a passive thing. Like the enemy is actively trying to, uh, um, to ensnare us. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, I love, uh, that there is a, there's sort of a, a, a practical side of this too, that, or, or there's a strategy. Like we need to be wise in the way mm-hmm. that we walk and 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 be strategic in that. And, and Josh, mm-hmm. you pointed that out uh, in the message. You know, you said something to the effect. You know, that we should we should be careful not to actively put ourselves into situations where mm-hmm. we know we'll be tempted. Because right. if we're if we're acting in wisdom, like we know, okay. I am prone to be, uh, you know, this is this is where Satan, the enemy, always gets me, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. And so, what measures am I going to take, and what things in my practices am I going to uh, integrate into my life and my habits that that, right. that remove the possibility, maybe not completely, but but yeah. it does remove the uh, uh, the possibility that I might That's be right. tempted in certain ways that, yeah. that you know I know are going to be uh, are going to be. Yeah. Strong mm-hmm. temptations, and and, so. and he knows he knows where our struggles are, mm-hmm. right? And yep. and he's smart enough to change tactics when yep. a particular tactic's not working. Yeah. You know, when you mentioned he's strategic, G- he's strategic. <laughs> so that's right. What makes us think we shouldn't? Be? When you mentioned um, the temptations of Jesus, and you know, I was just thinking about it. I mean, he, Satan used a physical Every hunger, right, yep. to say, "Hey, you." The physical thing was real. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was that was not a spiritual thing. That was a physical thing. Yep. But he tied it to a spiritual thing in the temptation. That's right. And I think so often for us, we try to disconnect all of those things. But it's a uh, he knows he knows where to hit us. So yeah. I have a I I never, I never actually thought about this question. 
So if God is omnipresent and omniscient and knows all things, it's always present. And right. Satan is not. He's not. That's How does Satan know those things? Well, if you listen to C.S. Lewis, not that C.S. Lewis is God's right-hand man, but in the Screwtape Letters, it would de- delve more into the demonic of, although Satan is one person, not omnipresent, not all-knowing, not all-powerful, um, that he has many, many, many demons around the world uh, and in and, and some way. This was what Lewis would ascribe in Screwtape Letters, um, that in the same way that we have angels that watch over us, we also have demons that torment us. Mm. Uh, and they know us. Uh, they watch us. Mm-hmm. Um, they are aware of what we we like and don't like um, things that we do, um, and the, we are. Are you ready to go down a rabbit hole? Sure. <laughs> red, I, I, red, again, red pill. I almost, almost didn't ask the question because I was like, uh, I'm, I'm going to take off. This is going to be way not serious, but I can't help but believe that this isn't some part true uh, of this. Okay, so uh, I have no. I just said the importance of chapter and verse. I got none right <laughs> I got here. Nothing. Okay. As I think through that, I don't know if you've ever watched the movie The Social Network, uh, and and if you watch it, I uh, I think. Is it the Social Network? I'm just trying to think I've of the one. Never the heard one, of that movie. No, not the one that about Facebook, but the one that just came out on Netflix. The documentary of of oh the Social Dilemma. Or social something? Dilemma. Yeah, That's yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. right. That's uh-huh. what I'm talking about. Which I haven't seen, but I, I, I have know seen. that it is really eye opening. Uh, and the, you know the execs that that put it on would say, "Who've left? Said, no way. No way am I putting this on my phone. No way am I putting this in my life, because they're tracking what you type in." Even as you're scrolling, you're scrolling on pictures, and, and, and you mm. can see this now. In your feeds, you scroll, and if you stop on something that is somebody cooking a steak, mm-hmm. and you stop there for 10 seconds, and everything else is two seconds, the algorithm is going to present to you more steak pictures over the course of the next couple of minutes because they know that, that is, it's to that detail. Mm. That aside, I'm not saying that that's <laughs> demonic. Maybe, don't know. But in Lewis's view... That is what demons do yeah. when they look to your life. They they watch you. They are aware of what you are mm-hmm. doing. Uh, and if Screw Tape Letters is again, it is a fictional fictional read. Um, Wait, is it fictional? Uh, fictional. Okay. <laughs> and so they report back uh, in in that book. They report back to the head demon, and they report on what they know. Yeah. And so the enemy then attacks. So again, no chapter or verse there. Way speculatory. Mm-hmm. But, but logical. But logical, yeah, yeah. and and be be careful. I, I I do believe that there is a world around us that is unfolding that we don't see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's very real. The Apostle Paul is very clear. Ephesians chapter six. We don't battle flesh and blood, but it's yeah. about the darkness, the principalities that are over this world. That's a thing. Yes. Neil, I love it. Wow, go. I just opened my Bible software to look at something, and the... <laughs> and it was repeating. <laughs> I didn't have that no idea. That's added, cool. An added guest on the podcast. Uh, that's right. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. So, uh, well... But that makes sense. I mean, you yeah. think of, like, watching game tape in sports. I mean, you're, yeah. you're getting ready for an opponent, that's good. and you're like going to study it. You're going right. to watch the that's video. Good, yeah. You're not asking them. You're not in their heads to know what their plans are, but you can watch. You this can is what they typically what do. Yep. And so we need to be prepared for that, and this is how we stop that, or this is how we get around that, right. or whatever. And we right. don't need to be surprised at the enemy's tactics. Mm-hmm. Like that, it's the same tactics. We need to be aware of his be tactics. Aw- that's exactly uh, yeah. right. Because he comes only steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah. And so anything he does is going to get you in those three worlds. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's going to steal from you, kill you, or destroy you. That's mm-hmm. that's his goal. It's never to, to help you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
That's uplifting. There we go. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Where's the Tylenol? Yep. As we wrap up the podcast for 2022. But and, uh, the hey, I've got a positive note. Okay, Let's go. end on this. Okay. Uh, verse 11. We're, we're, we count ourselves dead to sin, but yes. alive to God in Christ Jesus. And I think um, mm. for me, if I'm not careful, I can reduce my Christian walk down to avoiding certain things or not doing certain things, uh, the dead to sin part of it, yeah. right? And if I'm not careful, I will mm. lose sight of the of the alive to God yes. in Christ. And um, yeah. what a huge thing that is. I mean, those couple of words there, to be looking actively for what is he doing and how is he working and how is he working in me, how does he want to work through me, yeah. Uh, to be a part of all of that. That is so good. Yeah, we, we talked about that in our life group too. It's, it's uh, you know, we can spend all of our time focusing on how do we, how do we not sin? Mm-hmm. Or we can, we can focus our time on how do we glorify God mm-hmm. and, and live as he wants us to live. Come on. Which then accomplishes the same thing. That's right. We won't be that's saying. Right. There you go. We're doing that. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's good. That, that was a great positive way to end Way this. to go. Thank you. So. Very good, Preston. Be my last words of this year. <laughs> I'm going to shut up. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, well, hey, guys, great discussion. So again, uh, just just be reminded uh, that this, uh, as we head into the uh, the Christmas uh, weekend, uh, two services on Christmas Eve, four o'clock and six o'clock. Join us for one of those. Uh, uh, one service on Christmas Day at nine thirty. No childcare. Bring your kids and just, uh, just all come based on it. Mark Evans' recommendation. That is yes. right. That is right. And no podcast for the next two weeks. Uh, so the second week of January, two thousand twenty-three is when you can expect to uh, see the newest episode of the podcast. All right. Sweet. Very good. Merry Christmas, guys. <laughs> <laughs> guys, yeah. always great discussion. Yep. Great. Hey, love I'm, you guys. I'm going to have another cookie now. Merry, Merry Christmas. <laughs> This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at mybroadmoor. Thanks for listening.